Hello, Proper Podcast listeners. We hope you're well. Just to let you know, we had some technical sound difficulties with our guests this week, so we do humbly apologise for this. There was unfortunately nothing we could do about it. However, it is only for a brief period of time, so please do bear with it for that segment and enjoy our lush tones throughout the rest of this wonderful pod listened to by millions of pe- listened to by tens of people. We hope you enjoy. Ciao for now. Yes, welcome again, people, to the proper podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You're all fan-fucking-tastic. You really are. We love you. And yes, we got a blinding show for you. We'll be talking about a bit of Katie Taylor emerging victorious against Chantel Cameron over there in Ireland. She really is an Irish superstar. We'll be talking about the controversy, the performances as a whole. Yes, we'll see where it goes. Andrade Benavides, Benavides, man, that boy is a handful, bruh. He is bare handful, you know. And uh, we'll be talking about the fights ahead. A bit of Conan Gill, Ryan Garcia this weekend. Yes, it's going to be interesting. And don't forget, we've got Ring Raps coming on, our special guest. Fuck knows what's going to happen there. So then, what's going on, boys? Johnny B, how are we? All good, in the hood, ready to get into it. I'm fucking raring to go, mate. I don't want to hear any nonsense about Katie Taylor from the pair of you. Because I was choosing violence today and I'm ready to just take you both down on knockdowns and what the score was. So I'm ready to go, mate. I'm ready to play. So am I. And I'll tell you one thing, right? We have avoided speaking to each other about the Katie Taylor fight until now. I think it's going to go off because if anyone goes against me on my knockdown, what I'm going to say about the knockdown, I'll tell you, I'm coming for you. I'm fucking coming for you. So, Kaya, Prodigy, how was it? Mate, my ears are still ringing. I think. Smack your bitch up, did you? You know what, right? There's certain things should just be left in the past, shouldn't they? Like, you did them when you were younger. I don't know what my fucking old ass was doing at a Prodigy concert. No business being there, to be fair. Fuck a few hell, youngsters. Fuck it. Turn it down, fucking <laughs> hell. Mate, honestly, there was a few youngsters there. I'm surprised they even know who fucking Prodigy was. But for me, like, without the, the main man, Keith, yeah. it's like fucking, it's like watching, I don't know, Queen, Queen without Freddie Mercury. It's like, you know, they're touring now. They've got that donut, Adam Lambert, touring with them, <laughs> haven't they? So, so, you know, you can't, you can't have the fucking main man not there and then act like you're enjoying it. So now I slipped off, mate. I've done the slips after oh, about you? an hour. I saw me move. I saw me opening and I just went. And all them boys were started doing shots and all that, going to these other pubs and that in the area. And I just... Slipped off, got my kebab and chips, went home. Did you put your slippers on? I watched the boxing. Get all your little comfy <laughs> yeah, slippers on and all that. Your little pipe out. And, uh, yeah, I, I was, that's all I could think about. I thought Katie Taylor, uh, Chantel Cameron. So let's get into it. Let's see fire starter. Right, yeah, let's get into it. So Chantel Cameron versus Katie Taylor. What an unbelievable fight. What a night in Ireland. It was absolutely stellar stuff. Yeah, just an absolutely incredible fight and um, a little bit of controversy. There was a cheeky old knockdown there that wasn't given. I don't know, maybe so, maybe not. There was a quite a few um, headbutts, a few head clashes. There was a little bit of grappling as well. Chantel Cameron wasn't too happy. A lot of people have been commenting on the old um, bias commentary. Um, yeah, let's get straight into it, boys. What did you think of it? Johnny B, we'll start with you. Give us your thoughts on the fight. I'll get this disclaimer out now, okay? So my dad's Irish, right? He's from Sligo. My my wife's mum's from Donegal. Her dad's from Cavan. So like my 
my kids are probably more Irish than they are English, right? Even though, you know, I sound like I should be selling fucking fruit and veg, veg from the East End. <laughs> However, right, I'm a plastic paddy, right? So I am biased towards Katie Taylor. I love her. Like, everything she's done in boxing, you know, gold at Olympics, gold world championship, gold in European championships, turns pro, undisputed, every, everything we know about. It's amazing. And she's just so humble. And it's like anyone that knows anything about Ireland, like especially like rural Ireland, like this is what people are like. They're like, Katie Taylor, like just just a humble, nice human being. But to have this uh, ferocity in the in the ring and to be the way she is, the skills that she has, trailblazer for women's boxing, it's hard not to love her, right? Anyway, right, going into the fight, she won the fight. To come back and rematch uh, Chantel Cameron and to make the adjustments in the fight, she took the jab away from her, right? A jab is the best thing that Chantel Cameron's got. And to be honest, it's amazing. The way she sort of floats him throwing that jab, I, I didn't realise how good it was, right? Even in the first fight, when I was watching it in the second fight, amazing. But she took the jab away from her. She um, she was slipping the jab and she was counting her, like with fours and fives. And um, I just thought she was, it was a brilliant um, game plan to take that jab away from her. And she sort of did what we spoke about in the, in the other podcast. She picked her moments when she had to stand there and fight. And then the other moments she was on the back foot and uh, counter-punching her. As for the holding, right, let's get straight to it. As for the holding, Jamie Moore and that Travis and that, she's holding, she's holding. Well, fucking do something then. She wasn't holding that much. Towards the back end of the fight, she was holding a bit, right? But not like massively holding. Ain't no Shaka Stevenson, like, throwing one shot and then holding. Like, this is a girl that's, like, got giving away height, giving away reach, giving away strength, power. She's come up a weight to someone who's bigger. Oh, and you think that you're going to maraud forward, throwing your jab. And if you miss, you're going to land into Katie Taylor. And what, she's not allowed to hold? Do me a favour. Do me a favour. As for, like, the heads uh, uh, colliding... She was swinging punches. She's gone step forward. She's got this, you know, this bigger uh, girl in front of her. The, uh, the head's uh, connected. There was, let me get this out before I hand it over to bear. Uh, um, Chantel Cameron as well in the, the, the start of the fight. She was hitting after the bell. Rabbit punches around the back of the head. And as she was marauding forward, she was going with her forearms and her elbow up in the corner. Didn't hear, you know, Katie Taylor moaning about that or their corner moaning about that. So it was a little bit of sour grapes from Jamie Moore, Travis. And I feel that Chantel Cameron, out of range, Katie Taylor was winning the fight. Mid-range, Katie Taylor was winning the fight. And up close when they got in the clinch, she didn't know how to just get out of that clinch, create a bit of space and go to work on Katie Taylor. She beat her in every department as far as I'm concerned. That's my piece. Knockdown? What are we saying about the knockdown now, bruv? I, I, even if you give it a knockdown, she won. But I, I would like to someone to get the Queensbury rules and tell me what a glove-on-glove glove impact and someone falls down means, because I don't even know about that. Kaya? Certainly not a knockdown. No <laughs> knockdown. Come <laughs> on. Oh, you don't think it's a knockdown either? It's not a knockdown. No, how's that a knockdown? For, for me, you've got to hit someone on the chin or body shot or something like that. They get, they, you know, they feel the power, then they go down as a result of the power of your shot because it hit you in the right place. What, you punch someone on the glove and they go over and it, you class that as a knockdown. Come on. It's just a reach, isn't it? It's a reach. Anyone who's calling for that as a knockdown. Most people are, though. I, th I thought you was going to say it was a knockdown. Oh, right. Nah, it's not right. a knockdown. How is that a knockdown? You can watch it a hundred times. Has it not? Is it? She's hit her on the chest. I thought it was a chest. But if it's, if it's hit her on the glove or the chest or wherever, it, the impact of the shot 
wasn't enough to result her to go over. It was a she stumbled and fell over. No, but it's, it's, it's is, a is it not is it not a case it's, of it's balance? A trick. You see the referees call it all the time. Right. Is it not a case of balance though? She she was off balance. If it's, if it's, well, there you go. That's not a knockdown then, is it? A knockdown is... Yes, it is a knockdown. Mind, of course it's a knockdown. In, that, in my mind, about, a knockdown is you've gone down because of the impact of the shot. Not because no, you no, lost no. your footing. But but you not could say you the same about the Fury and Garnu knockout then. The uh, the Fury and Garnu knockdown, right? No, nah, he's hit him on the side come... of the head. No, no, no. But he was falling backwards as he hit him on the side of the head. So if he wasn't falling backwards... No. Who's to say... Turn it in. <laughs> Turn it in. No. What are you talking about? If you're off balance, if you're it's off balance, down, you could hit anyone. If you, it doesn't matter if you hit them in the fucking finger or the <laughs> fucking shoulder. If they're off balance and they go down, it's a knockdown, bro. Fucking ain't. It fucking it ain't. Fucking is. <laughs> Listen, it's, this is something to discuss, right? If if that if that stepping in jab from Chantel Cameron has hit Katie Taylor in the chest, and then she's a little bit square on, and she's lost her balance, she goes down. That's a knockdown. But what happened is the ref, as they've come together, um, Chantel Cameron was first to the punch. She steps in and throws that jab. But Katie Taylor, she sort of throws her right hand. She sort of pulls it back, though. But she does sort of throw it. And I thought I could see both of their gloves come together and then she, and then Katie Taylor falls backwards. So what I'm saying is in the Queensbury rules, what is that? If two punches collide and someone falls down? Does that count for Chantel Cameron? I don't know. I don't you know. Tell me. Hold on. Let me read it. I've got it here. 14.1. It is what it is. <laughs> Say less, bruv. <laughs> Hold on. I wanna... Listen, the bottom line is, knockdown or no knockdown, Chantel Cameron lost the fight because she got yeah. outfoxed by the, be- by the better fighter, who, in my opinion, just got more looks, more ways of winning a fight. The blueprint was already there, boys, from the Delphine Pursuit first fight. You know, she stood and traded with her too much, lost that fight, got a squeeze, got an absolute squeeze in that fight because she lost the first fight against Delphine. And then in the rematch, she did exactly what I thought she would do in this rematch, which was um, just just change it up. Don't stand in the pocket. As soon as you're back at the ropes, off you go, left or right. You know, sometimes the combinations were there just to catch the eyes of the judges. I get that. It was like, boom, 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 out. Some of them didn't land, some of them did, but it don't fucking matter. Because you're um, you're catching the eyes of the judges, and by about the halfway point, I thought she was winning. I'd have four one up going into the six. I'd have four one yeah, up. She was winning comfortably. I thought all you got to do is not fuck it up from here. You, you're going to win these belts. And Chantel Cameron can you know go away from this and you know potentially, well, she should look at you know the way she uh, approached this fight. It was quite similar in the way she approached the first fight. Jamie Moore must have known what Kate, uh, Katie Taylor was going to do. But it just seemed like they didn't have an answer for it. Seems like maybe Chantel Cameron's um, work on the inside just needs a little bit of work. Maybe it's a bit underdeveloped. Maybe, you know, when they're close, John, you said it yourself. She lost the fight really mid, mid to close range. Wasn't really as effective as she was in the first fight. But that, look, you, you can say what you like. A lot, a lot to do with Katie Taylor and just her foot speed, her hand speed at her age is it's unbelievable. fucking blurring hand speed. I've never seen the like of it. And um, I just think it's very, very hard to beat her. So you can pick holes in it all day long. But, you know, it's very, very, very hard to beat. You can't hit what you can't see, right? It's that simple. Do you think that is a fair result then, Unc? I, I had it 6-4. Go on, Unc, you, you, you talk there. 6-4. Um, yeah, I'm going to start with a knockdown. So when I first saw the knockdown and the referee said slip, I was like, I did text you. I texted you both. I said, how's that not a fucking knockdown, right? And then afterwards, I looked at the um, 
highlights and whatnot. And yeah, I was still trying to work out how it weren't knocked down, right? So what Katie's done is she's gone in and she's she's purely square on. No, she is though, right? So what I thought was, I thought, ah, oh, no, hold on. <laughs> no, hold on. I thought Chantel if stepped on her foot. you can see what I'm looking at. Uh, I thought, hold on a minute. Chantel has stepped on her foot. I thought that's what's happened. So then I looked at it and I replayed it and she doesn't step on her foot. So I thought, right, so what's she done then? What's she done wrong for that to be a knockdown? Where's she slipped? I can't see the slip. Chantel, I thought like you, John, I think she is sort of chesty, glovey area. But still, Katie Taylor's square on and the impact pushed her back. And when she's square on, the impact pushes her back. She's off balance. She goes down. It's a knockdown for me. For me, it's a knockdown. But this is this is the advantage, though, isn't it? If like you're the A side, and then you know it's in Dublin, and yeah. like, everyone's cheering everything you do, this is what happens. So, like, I agree. Look, it's definitely a grey area. I say I'm biased. I'm like, she stepped on her foot 100. percent Then when I get the scene, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, she didn't step on her foot. <laughs> and then I'm trying didn't to find the foot, reason of why this can't be. Yeah. So, but having said that, having said that, I'll say that um, I've, even if that knockdown is given. I thought Katie Taylor won the fight. Clear. Um, however, if that you got to say, if that knockdown was given, that does change the whole landscape of the fight. It's a completely different fight. But that is is what it is. We'll never know. Um, yeah, Katie Taylor, I thought, was was great. She, she took away the jab, as you said. Um, blistering hand speed. She was, yeah, fucking lethal for her age. And, um, and, yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of holding, a little bit too much, a little bit of head which flummoxed Chantel, but yeah, it is what it is. I didn't, I weren't too, too fussed about all that because it's a dirty sport at the end of the day. And yeah, Katie Taylor was um, way too good for Chantel for me. However, I would like to see, right, I'd like to see another one, 100%. I just want to see it. I'm not going to get this, but I want to see it on kind of neutral territory. What I mean by that is, I think it would be a fairer display because Chantel was so up against it, so up against it. And for her to win that first one, I didn't think she deserved to be that far up against it this time around. Do you know what I mean? How about this then? How about in the re- if they do a trilogy, how about um, Chantel Cameron goes down to £135? It's too big. Yeah, what? Who she is? She don't look like she's, she's mm, cut, though. I don't... I can't like, see it. They, they just can't... It, like it can't be helped when it's over there in Ireland. And I totally understand it. It's like Canelo. Do you know what I mean? Canelo's always going to have everything his own way when he's in fights. So it is what it is. I just, I feel like Chantel deserved a more, a more neutral or even in her favour of a, or yeah, in her favour fight. That, Do you know she, what I mean? The first fight she won, she beat her in Ireland. And then she, she, I mean, most people had her losing that fight, the rematch, but she, she, she won the first fight in Ireland. No, I know, but that, for so... her to go over to Ireland and do that, I didn't think she deserved to do it again. Either, I suppose that that's where the oh, most money is. Do you, no, that's what I'm saying. Chantel yeah, went over there the first mean. time, beat her in Ireland. Incredible. Went over to someone's backyard on that night as well. That was all about Katie's homecoming. The first, I think it was the first boxing event in Dublin for however many years. Um, so it was all favoured towards Katie. Chantel won. So you'd think, mm, okay, so now it's Chantel's turn to hold all the cards. And she said it in the build-up to the fight. She said, I'm really, it's really pissed me off everything that's gone on because I've had to sort of still work along Katie's terms and I've had to come over, over here again. Um, but 
you know, at the end of the day, I suppose there is the most money there. I just felt it was all biased. It, it was all a bit biased commentary wise. It was biased, obviously crowd and crowd. The crowd did influence things a lot. You can't help it, can you? Like Katie landed one little jab, and they go mental. And Chantel lands. We said that a though. Big fucking um, right hand. No, it does. I said no, that in I know, last I know, week. I'm not. Listen, yeah. I'm not complaining about it all. It is what it is. It's the same as Canelo. Anyone who goes to Canelo's backyard, you're up against it. I just feel like Chantel deserves something over in neutral territory, at least. Um, but it doesn't matter. It didn't It didn't happen. Katie Taylor won the fight, clearly, for me. And um, I want to see a rematch, but I'd like to see a rematch on a little bit more neutral territory. That's what I'm saying. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. And once again... We have a special guest, don't we? Yes, it's Ring Raps. What are we saying, Ring Raps? Oi, oi. It's Ring, Ring, Rap, Raps. Boxing chats, I'm with the proper chaps. Proper club when the rocking hats. Keep it moving, never knocking back. Keep rap, it moving, yeah, you're clocking that. Bars for days, no stopping that. Content dropping that daily. You want the Wiggity formula, I'll well. stay on top of that. Pay me like Devin Haney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the De- Devin Haney bar say, there, but we'll we let, we let that one slide. We'll let that one slide. Kaya's a, a Haney hater. Oh, I'm, I'm, team, I'm team Regis. I'm team Regis. Shut the front door. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, man. So then, ring wraps. Bit of Katie Taylor and a bit of Cameron. What did you think of the fight, bruv? Like, I'll get the technical boring stuff out of the way. I think Katie changed her game plan. She kept in the middle distance and she her head movement was good. And she didn't stay on the ropes really to get bashed up too much. I must say from the off though that I think it was a it was a knockdown in round one. But she um she's a dog, Katie. She's a dog, so she 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 dogged it out. But look, majority decision. That's not conclusive, do you know what I mean? So a trilogy. That ain't no knockdown. Bollocks. If that's a knockdown, and I'm fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> fucking knockdown. I'm Santa Claus. How, how many How is that a knockdown? See, if it had been the other way around, that would have been a fucking knockdown. Granted, Cameron steps in and she was like first to the punch. She steps in with that jab, but then Katie Taylor sort of steps in and she sort of pulls her right hand and and their, and their fists come together and then she's off and she goes back. So hold on, if two gloves collide, is that a knockdown? I don't fucking know. So you can punch someone on the glove and knock them over. Is, is honestly because I'm learning about this. I've been watching this sport for many many years, right? I'm finding out that below the navel's a low blow, which uh, that were no low blow either. That Daniel oh, Watt should be champion. There. And I'm now finding out you can knock someone over by who, punching who on the glove. Who punched who in the glove, Kyle? Who punched right. who in the glove? Of course it, it matters. matters. It don't matter. It's it matters. not a knockdown. It's a stu- <laughs> stupid stupidity. People- ring raps. Ring raps. Join me on this one, yeah? I'm telling you now, it was a knockdown. Kaya's talking bare shit now, you know? <laughs> Taylor's went, Taylor went down. Kaya ain't having it because he's a clown. You wrote that down. Don't tell me you just freestyled that. You wrote that down earlier on today. You freestyled that, bruv. Mate, I'm a no, musical genius, man. You can't handle that. No, nah, listen, look, all, all joking aside, uh, Katie Taylor, um, for me, was was the... Was, the winner, right? I think this, all this, it was a, you know, close 95, 95, 98, 92 is too wide. You know, 6, 4, 6, 4, 5, 3, if you're going to uh, fight, sorry, 6, 4, uh, 5 all is definitely to happen. 6, 4 or 7, 3, I think I had to fight. But, um, you know, I, I saw enough from Katie Taylor when she did the Delphine Pursuit rematch to know that she's, she's just got more tools in the arsenal. She got, she's got a game plan B, she's got C and D, where Chantel Cameron, like, 
for me. She's a good, aggressive pressure fighter, but she's not... Um, I don't know. Maybe she can change it up if they have the rubber match. Maybe she can. I don't know. But I think she seems to have one style of fighting. Very, very, uh, very uh, impressive and the way she does it. But I'm not too sure she can show too many, as many looks as Katie Taylor. That's my opinion. Yeah. I've got a question for my, my boy there, Johnny B, right? Because I know Johnny B's his favorite promoter out there is Ben Shalom right now, right? That's <laughs> just... Um, um, do you know we saw a tweet come out as well, like boxer, well, Caroline Dubois. I've got nothing against Caroline Dubois, right? Calling fighters' names out. I think, you know, much respect to her. All fighters, they want to reach for the reach for the stars, reach for the top. So respect to Caroline Dubois. What I didn't like was, and I, I think John, I'm going to hand this over to Johnny B, is when Boxer quote tweeted it and said, Croke Park 2024, anyone up for that? Before you answer, John, like, I just want to make a comparison here. When Dillian White was fighting Otto Willing and pulled out, Johnny Fisher did something similar, right? He called out Otto Willing, and you see the way Eddie Hearn handled that call out. What do you mean you see the way he handled it? How did he handle it? He didn't He didn't stop quote tweeting oh, things. Okay. He didn't say, he said Johnny Fisher's not ready okay. for that right now. Respect to yeah. him for calling him out. In my in my opinion, that's how a promoter should have dealt with that. The way Boxer did that, it just, for me, was was reaped a little bit of desperation for me. I didn't like Do you know what? I think with Boxer now, like, if you're on Twitter, anything that Boxer puts out, if you look in the comments section, it's just negative. They're just getting trolled in anything they do. And then, like, they quote tweeted that. I get why they did it. Caroline Dubois, they're trying to, you know, get a little bit of the uh, rub off of Katie Taylor's name. But it's, you know, it's too late. Katie Taylor will retire by the time Caroline Dubois is a force to be reckoned with to, to deal with uh, Katie Taylor. But yeah, anything they do, like the uh, the Black Friday sale for Natasha Jonas <laughs> against uh, Michaela Meyer. Like, when in your life have you seen, like, talk about someone in the boxer fucking uh, whatever department is like, I don't know, what's trending at the moment? Black Friday's trending at the moment. Let's get our fucking fight card on there. It's just like... I don't know, man. I just feel... They're doing that because it ain't selling. That's why they're fucking doing it. Yeah, but why... It's it's the whole... I don't know. The branding of Boxer at the moment. I don't know, man. It's like... It's like, what are you going to do next? Boxing Day sales. January sale tickets. Like, what's next? They've had a howler. Boxer have had a fucking PR howler this year. I was trying to count on my mate how many calamities they've had this year. How many pull-outs, missed weights, injuries. Madness. Is it is is it Ben Shalom though? How about if we just swap Ben Shalom for Simon Jordan? Does thing change? Oh yeah. Is it is it the mouthpiece? (laughs) Do we need a different salesman in charge, or is it is there stuff going on behind the scenes with boxing their decision making and the types of characters and fighters that they're signing? It does seem strange, isn't it? December the tenth, Chris Billum Smith is going to fight Masternak. When you're like, what? G-Man said it the other day. They're keeping all their all their fights in house as well. So they're not branching out. So they're not getting the fucking really decent fights outside of outside of Sky. Yeah, but what about Reactport? Yeah, and it's really stale. Uh, Unks, what about Reactport? He's sitting there, you know, fighting Dylan Bregion third down on the list. We should be fighting Chris Billum Smith really on December the tenth for the world title. We pulled him out of the purse because he didn't want that fight ending up on the you know the upper yeah. tire fight. I'm talking about Reactport upper tire. Pulled him out of the purse because he didn't want him to to end up on the yeah. zone. So now Reactport's sitting there thinking, like, what's going on with me? That Bregon come round and fixed my washing machine the other day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what he's doing there. But, yeah, I just... I, I've, never, I've, never, I've never been able to understand Reactport's career. I, I, like, for the past however many fights, five or six, even seven fights, I, I can't understand it. I just can't understand what he's doing. 
I think, look, oh, look, 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 there's a budget from Sky Sports that they're giving to Boxer, and they're putting so much money and so much emphasis is in this, we've got the machine, and we're going to, you know, make a, a, a superstar out of Natasha Jonas, and React Poor, and a Coley, like, so all of a sudden, it's like, these, these uh, commodities, they're so, like, risk-averse to letting them fight someone else, because they've pumped so much money into them, the whole brand in the Sky Sports machine, but I just, I just think it's backfiring, because all of a sudden, now, all of the uh, the up and coming ones, as you say, the Caroline Dubois, the Ben Whitaker, whatever you seem, all these other ones, it's like all of a sudden when they are fighting, I don't know, just not as bothered anymore because. Do you know I'm what not... then, John? Oh, you know, I'll add to that. Chris Billum Smith, I'll fuck him off if I'm him. I beat Masternick, Masternick, because they they put Lawrence, they bought Lawrence Acoli on this massive contract, right? It was their premier signing, Lawrence Acoli. All that shit on on social media. Lawrence Coley, Eddie Hearn, they managed to snatch him under the nose of Matram, stick him in there with Chris Billum Smith, thinking that he's going to beat Chris Billum Smith, and then Billum Smith somehow, I don't know, goes off into the distance and does whatever with his career. Billum Smith beats Lawrence Coley, so now they've got this big prized asset with no belt, no fight in, on the horizon, didn't even take the rematch. If I'm Billum Smith, I'm thinking, hold on a minute, why'd you put me in there with, with him? You obviously thought I was going to lose. Now I've got the belt. If I'm Chris Billum Smith, I'm um, riding out that contract and I'm going back to uh, I'm going back to Eddie Earn, mate. Yeah. Total bollocks. Total bollocks. Total bollocks. <laughs> no, I tell you what, Total as well. Bollocks. No, listen, listen I tell you what, as well. Sorry. All these all these fighters over at Sky, they must be pulling their hair out as well. Not, like watching all the other fighters on the zone and um, Queensbury having the having the chance to go into this massive Saudi payday. Oh. They yes. must be pulling their hair out. They're thinking, Ben, for fuck's sake, well, Boatsy, get me involved. What are you doing? Boatsy should be on that card. Boatsy should be on that card on December the twenty third. React, React Paul could have fought Opatire on that card. Like, who knows? Do you... They don't want to fight Opatire. Bivol must be, sorry. Boatsy must be sitting there at home going, "Well, I'm fighting Dan Aziz in February, but really, really, I've been fit. Dan Aziz obviously got injured. You know." I should be on that December the 23rd card earning that Saudi money. I don't think Boatsy's helped himself. Unbelievable decision to leave Eddie, Eddie Hearn I think if you're If you're Billum Smith, if I'm Billum Smith, do you know where I'll go? I'll go Wasserman because Wasserman will work with everyone and they can get you in the old Saudi places as well. I think that's a fucking good place for him. Ring reps, ring reps, give us a little freestyle. Give us your latest freestyle. Come on, bruv. On the old Fury U6 star, Fury and Garnu. Come on, oh, man. Put you right on the spot. He's put me on the spot. I... You put me on the spot. Right, let me uh... exclusive, exclusive on the proper podcast. Uh... Uh, give us a taster. Just give you a little eight bars. Numero uno, never let no one know your top ten pound for pound, bro. Because you know the jealousy, oh. especially if Eddie's beef let the LV fuck it out of it. A friend of me is number two. <laughs> never let him know your next move. Just because you got the right hand on me, you can't stick a move. Listen, dude, you need plans A, B, C, and D. Selector. If you're gonna dominate with ease, number three, don't trust nobody. Ah, uh, nice. on, <laughs> Very good, mate. Yeah, man. Brilliant. Do you know what? Listening to it in person is because how hard it must oh, be to do wicked. that. But yeah, good, good stuff, son. Well, ring wraps, ring wraps. It's been a fucking pleasure, bruv. You are a legend, man. And we're gonna have you on a lot more. Don't you worry about that. Um, so you got something coming out? Tell tell the viewers when you got something coming out next. Yeah, I got. I, I work on loads of stuff, but just keep it up for all the ring wraps, boxing chats, ring wraps, reacts. I do all the. You know, I do all the funny reactions on Instagram. But no, I've got, I've got another, I've got another boxing freestyle coming soon, like real soon, in a week or two. You're a legend, man. All right, ring rats. Thanks, man, for coming on. You take care. You're a legend. That is quality, isn't it, man? <laughs> He's just a bundle of life, isn't he, that kid, man?
Okay then, another big fight on the weekend, a very interesting one. David Benavidez versus Demetrius Andrade. Andrade called it a day. Johnny B, we're coming to you first. What did you think of the fight, bruv? It's, he's a problem. On you know, Benavidez is a massive. He problem. fucking is. He, he's like, look, he's doing everything he needs to do now. He's been an avoided fighter. We can see why. But now, if you look at his record, you know, re retired on his stall, Andrade, Caleb Plant. He nearly got him out of there towards the end of that fight. You know, but he, he won that on points. You know, obviously, Lemieux knocked him out. Kieran Davis knocked him out. He's looking for a big fight. So, like, he's, he's stacking up a decent resume now. You can say, did he get Andrade at the right time? He's a bit in inactive. Um, but, you know, he's devastating. As you say, he's got those long levers. He's massive at the weight. But when he gets up close, I just love his inside game. He ain't looking to hold. He's very comfortable in that mid-range. We were talking about earlier, like Chantel Cameron, can you get your work off when you're up tight in the clinch? He was just able to shake Andrade off. Like, the combinations he was throwing, pure violence, absolute violence. Would you know this, right? When he was 16 years of age... He was sparring Triple G in his prime. He was going over to Big Bear, right, with Abel Sanchez. And like there's Abel Sanchez on record saying he's been giving Triple G good rounds. This is someone to look out, look out for. 16 years of age. That he's just, I think he's just like a Mexican warrior through and through. And it's his nickname is the Monster. So he's a huge problem. If I'm Canelo, I don't know what sort of pressure the Mexicans will put on Canelo to have this fight. But if Canelo's saying he's going to be around for another five years, he's going to have to fight this kid. But I don't think this is wise for Canelo, who's coming towards the end of his career, to get in there with him. He's a problem. One of the punches he threw to, to, to get rid of Andrade, he throws this right hand, but in mid-flow, he changes the arc of it and he chops it down to the temple. It's a triple G punch. We've seen triple G do it like loads of times. But just, it's like a punch where you all of a sudden you're standing in front of your opponent. It's like, who the fuck just hit me? It's like it comes from out of the, out of your peripheral vision. Um, like, there's gaps in uh, Benavidez as he comes forward. We've spoken about that before. There's gaps where you can hit him. But if he can hold a punch, and he seems like he's making the weight correctly now, because he seems strong, he seems like he's got a lot of power in, in the back end of the fights. Whereas before, we know he's missed weight before. I think he lost his world title on, on, on the scales like years ago. Um, yeah, so he's a massive, massive fucking problem. I can't wait to watch him in an upcoming fight. Do you know, I think he's probably going to fight, though, Jamal Charlo. He was on the undercard. He beat his brother. We shouldn't give Jamal Charlo too much airtime on this channel, yeah, because inactive, not fighting the big fighters. It's all about the money for that guy. It's nothing about legacy or anything like that. He ain't what he's fought in uh, once in two years, and this is Jose Benavidez at 166 pounds. It's like, what are you doing with your WBC world title, like holding it hostage? He should have to relinquish his middleweight title. But um, I think, nah, he ain't going to get make weight at 160 if he's not been making weight for over two years. If he's going to fight 168 pounds, they're both on the same side of the street with uh, Showtime, uh, PBC. PBC look like they're getting a deal with Amazon. That's the fight. Jamal Charlo's 33 and 0. If David Benavidez can fight him, knocks him the fuck out, which I think he will do, that's another big name on the record. Then that's more pressure on the Canelo fight, unless Canelo jumps in there and takes that Jamal Charlo fight. So let me come back to you on that, right? I don't think Jamal Charlo Jamal. takes the Benavidez fight. Yeah, Jamal. Sorry, Jamal Charlo. I say, say Jamal, yeah, his Jamal. Mom, his mum was on a wind-up when she named them fucking two. Fucking tomato, tomato. Fucking picking me up and everything. <laughs> One thing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I don't think Jamal Charlo takes that fight because 
and he's a bit of a shit ass, isn't he? You know, Caleb Plant slapped him in the face, didn't do anything. And um, he comes in overweight, you know, bullies a, a much smaller fighter in, a, you know, his younger brother there. who He doesn't ever fight at a weight that high, right? Um, didn't he fight Terence Crawford at 147 pounds a few years ago? Um, Jose Benavidez, right? Yeah. So I don't think Jamal Charlo ever takes the Benavidez fight. I think if David Benavidez wants to flush out Canelo, the fight to take is Dave Morrell Jr. No one wants to fight that fucker, right? That for Fuck me... That is in the top three fights that I want to see in 2024. That is a bloodbath shootout. That's what that is. First one to land will probably knock the other guy out. Absolute war. But no one wants to fight or call Dave Morrell's name out. I think if he goes in there and takes his WBA regular belt, I think that the, 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 the request from the public, the clamour for that fight, would just be too much for Canelo to turn down. Because I think right now, Canelo's got ways of slipping out of the Benavidez fight, going here, there, and everywhere, and not fighting him. But if he fights Dave Morrell and goes, listen, I've just knocked out that monster, 168 pounds, right? I want you next. Canelo just look like a shit ass himself if he don't take that fight. I think that's the way to flush Canelo out. Not Jamal Charlo, because Canelo's going to go, what? You know, you've beaten a geezer who doesn't really take the sport seriously. He's held that belt hostage for two years, the middleweight uh, WBC belt. You know, I just don't think that's the way to do it. It's the casuals are going to put the pressure on this fight. No, the casuals don't know about Morel, right? But they all know about Jamal Charlo. So it's the casuals that are going to Did force they? this fight. I think so. Fucking hell, he's, he's active enough on fucking social media, isn't he? You may be right. Maybe, maybe, no, no one knows who Dave Morel Jr. is. And uh, probably for the rest of the 168 pound division, that's probably a good thing because that geezer is an absolute monster. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, he's fucking huge, isn't he, that Benavidez? How fucking big is he? I don't know how he's making that weight, but, um, oh, mate, yeah, he, he's just an absolute force to be reckoned with. And uh, Andrade looked all right, but, yeah, it was always coming, wasn't it? And, um, yeah, like you said, John, he just chops down the tree, chops and chops, and, uh, oh, he's lethal, man. And uh, for me, the only fight the only fight for him is Canelo. Whether Canelo takes that fight, I don't know, because like you say, he's coming to the end of his career. And the fact that Canelo, at the end of the day, struggled a little bit with, um, well, struggled a lot with Bivol, struggled a little bit with uh, Kovalev, didn't he? I know he knocked him out in the end, but the size difference was such a big factor in there. Um, yeah, for both fights, Bivol and Kovalev. So, yeah, it's a Big, that's a tough fight for Canelo, man. And whether he takes it or not, I mean, I think he's got the balls enough to take it and he eventually will. Um, but yeah, everything's got to be right. But oh, we're all itching to see it, aren't we? But uh, yeah, he's a fucking, he's a handful, man, Benavidez. Proper handful. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, Canelo's kind of wasn't really too keen to take the Demetrius fight when Demetrius got, got went into that press conference, you know, get the fuck out of here, man. Went, like, you know, that time he called day, him... Payday, Yeah, payday. He called him a horrible fighter and all that because Demetrius is. Demetrius is a slippery um, operator that everyone's a lot of fighters avoided in the past. And Demetrius himself as well, he's kind of he ducked out the Zach Parker fight. So he's not done himself any favours. And G-Man pointed that out last week. That had he had taken that Zach Parker fight, Parker fight, could have fought John Ryder and then maybe he could have been fighting Canelo for the big, big money now. But at 35 years of age, I don't know where Demetrius goes from here. Because it's like the first time he stepped up to elite level and he just basically got polaxed. Got yeah, polaxed. Didn't we, he? we should it's a shame we never saw the Billy it's a shame we never saw the Billy Joe Saunders fight, because that would have told us a lot. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, the old nasal spray got in the fucking way of that one, but never mind. But I mean, look, just the like, last thing on uh, Benavidez, 26 years of age, not even in yeah. his physical prime. That's scary, isn't it? Say they, they say you hit your physical prime when you're 27, 28. So I don't know. I think Canelo has taken the right fights at the right time in his career, like a lot of the top boys do. Floyd Floyd did it for years. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he somehow swerves Benavides at the moment and just maybe goes up to 175 again. I don't know what Canelo's going to do, to be honest with you. But, you know, going by his last fight, fighting a 154-pounder, I'm not, you know, I'll be surprised if he fights Benavides next. Yeah, but we'll see. He ain't got, he ain't got a great deal of options, has he, to be fair? Like, I know he wants that Bibble rematch, but, it's looking like Bivol may face Beterbiev if Beterbiev beats Callum Smith at the end of the Riyadh season. They're thinking about putting that fight on. So Canelo ain't really going to go there. What else is there? I mean, there's, ben there's Benavidez, David Morrell, but he's a fucking beast and not really big enough name, I suppose. Although John Ryder wasn't John Ryder wasn't a massive name, was he? Um, he was to yeah. us in England, but he wasn't across the world. And Well, listen, Canelo... John Ryder's fighting Munguia next, right? If Munguia beats John Ryder... I can see Canelo taking that as his next fight on Cinco de Mayo. So both Mexican and, uh, you know, bringing a lot of, lot of people and, you know, a lot of people will buy the pay-per-view. I'm assuming the whole of Mexico will buy that. So I'm, I'm seeing he's got one eye on that, but I don't think Munguia beats John Ryder. So I think those plans will be scuppered. So who knows? He might be forced into taking the Benavidez fight. Maybe the public will demand it and he might be forced into it. So, you know, watch this space. He certainly does have the balls, that man, that little ginger man. He's certainly got big ginger bollocks. So then, moving on to the weekend. Some interesting fights. We've got Conlon Gill and we've got Garcia as well. But uh, Conlon Gill, let's start off with that. Sneaky little fight, Johnny B. Give us your thoughts on it, bro. Do you know what? I'm interested to see Conlon this weekend. Like A lot of people saying that he should retire. Like The knockdown from uh, Alberto Lopez, like... That was a devastating, like, when he got knocked down like that. Then against Lee Wood, like, that was a devastating knockdown. So, I mean, there's a lot of noise about Michael Conlon, the most decorated fighter to come out of Ireland. And uh, he's got the skills to pay the bills. You can see that. He can fight on the left side, right side. He can switch it. He's got brilliant movement. Don't know if he's got enough power in his hands, you know, to deter his opponent. But, um, and he, he's like, he's gobby, like him and his brother, like they're, they're full of math, like saying they're going to do this and do that. And then you go in the ring and you get knocked out. So it's like, hold on a minute. Maybe you're not the guy that we think you are. But now it's interesting. He's left Adam Booth now and he's teamed up with Pedro Diaz. He was like the uh, head coach for the Cuban team. Apparently he's like won like 20, 25 like gold medals. Dominican Republic, he was the head coach for them as well. And, um, yeah, so he's got this new trainer he's all excited about. I think he was over in Miami training with him. So it's interesting to see what he's got left. But I don't know, you know, like, Jordan Gill, like, we see what happened with him and that Gwerfi. He got knocked down a couple of times. He was sort of lucky to win that fight against Kiko Martinez. He sort of got knocked out in that fight. It's like, if you ain't getting in there and stopping Jordan Gill, then all this talk of you being a world champion and fighting your Josh Warrington's and rematching Lee Wood, your Maurizio Lara's, you've got Nick Ball coming up, forget it. Get the hell out of there because some of them guys are monsters, mate. They've got power in their hands. They've got engines. They'll be there to the death in the championship rounds. And I don't know as Michael Condon got that because it's got to be a question mark on it now. He obviously thinks something himself because he said it in an interview. He goes, I was thinking about quitting after the Luis Alberto um, fight. So let's see now. He's got a new trainer, but... 
I don't know. I've got to say, on this, I think I expect him to beat Jordan Gill. I, I'll predict that he beat Jordan Gill on points. But the jury's out whether or not Michael Conlon will live up to the name and become a world champion. Um, my opinion is no. That's my opinion. Maybe he does win a world title. Maybe he doesn't. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, he's more likely to win one now than he than he than he did than he was before. I mean, you look at the Lee Wood fight. Very close to beating Lee Wood. I know he didn't really perform against uh, Alberto Lopez and it's Robsy Ramirez there. Does he beat Ray Vargas? All big punches, aren't they? Um, all big punches down there in the uh, 126 pound division. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're right, John. I, I like Michael Conlon. I hope. Uh, I hope he gets another shot at it at least. But I, I don't like this fight for Jordan Gill, to be honest with you. I don't know whose idea it was to put him in there with Michael Conlon right now. I think Conlon, he's got a point to prove, you know, after that performance against uh, against Lopez for the world title. And if you look at their trajectories, both of them, uh, Jordan Gill is just on a, on a downward spiral. I'd like to have seen him just get an easier touch for this fight, to tell you the truth. Um, an easier touch would have been nice for Jordan Gill because, it, I mean, they've got a co common opponent, Kareem Guerfi. You see what Michael Conlon did to Guerfi, starched him in a round, and you see what Gill did against Guerfi. I know he knocked him out, but he was all over the place for rounds. So I don't know if they're, you know, the old levels in the game, phrase comes into this, to, into this fight. I don't know. I just can't, I can't give Jordan Gill too much of a chance against Michael Conlon, if I'm being honest. And that's nothing against Jordan Gill. I, I like him as a fighter. I think he's a he's a good fighter. I don't think he's a world class fighter yet, or or if he is, we haven't seen it yet. But um, yeah, I don't like this fight for Jordan Gill. I feel like Michael Conlon comes back with a win, and I think he potentially stops potentially stops Gill in the later rounds. That's that's what I see happening because Gill's is, as I say, good fighter, but he looks he seems a bit chinny. Don't you think, Unc? Yeah. I, I have to agree with everything you said there. In fact, you took the words out of my mouth. Um, I can't see Gil putting any sort of dent into Michael Conlon. I think Michael Conlon will win, probably a stoppage late. Um, but yeah, like you say, the, the Gwerfy fight, do you know what I mean? Conlon disposed of him and then uh, Jordan Gill, I mean, he was a sensational knockout, don't get me wrong. But up until that point, he was getting smashed to pieces, really, wasn't he? So... Um, yeah, no, I can't see Gil, I can't see Gill pulling anything out of the bag here, unless Michael Conlon has all of a sudden gone tentative and shy after after the Lopez defeat and the Lee Wood defeat. If they've had they've combated each other and he has changed trainers, maybe that could add a little bit of you know he's in and out of styles and whatnot. That's the only jeopardy that could be there for me, but I don't even I don't even think that'll happen. I think at worst case, Michael Conlon will resort to type outbox him and probably stop him late, yeah. you got you got to factor in, he gets stopped by Kiko Martinez, who's, you know, essentially a bantamweight, super bantamweight. He's a smaller man. I know Kiko wax a bit, but, you know, uh, Jordan Gill started his, you know, career at a, a, a much bigger weight and he's getting knocked out by a smaller man like that. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know, mate. I like them both, though. I don't want to say too much. Yeah, he's very entertaining, our Michael Conlon and, uh, and Gill. It's easy to have a soft spot for him. He's not really a massive trash talker or nothing, but he's uh, he's a really good commentator. Actually, you heard him when he does commentary. He's really good. Yeah, um, yeah, he's good. Oh, he's a lovely lad. So um, yeah, all the best to him. All the best to Michael Conlon. But um, yeah, Conlon for all of us probably a knockout at some point latish. Anyway, 
And then we'll finish off with a little bit of Ryan Garcia. Now, um, Fire, what do you reckon on Ryan Garcia this weekend? Um, yeah, listen, mate, it's good to see him back. I like Ryan Garcia. I think he's good for boxing. I like the fact that he took took the, you know, the fight against Tank. You know, they drained him as well. They, they put a rehydration clause on him and he still took the fight. I know for, it, was, it was for a lot of money, but he was still balls enough to go and take that fight. When you see the likes of Shakur Stevenson taking these stupid fights and stinking the gaff out, we need the likes of Ryan Garcia in the sport. I think he's obviously just counting down his contract with Golden Boy, and I think eventually you'll see him with Matram. Still on the DAZN platform, but I think, I think you'll see him with Matram. This fight here that he's ta- taken against Duarte, um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a straightforward fight. He is a smaller man. He's fought at lightweight most of his career. I know Garcia's kind of struggled at lightweight to make the weight. You know? So this fight's going to be at 140 pounds, and Duarte hasn't fought at that weight before. So they've picked him for a reason. Even though this guy is quite heavy-handed, um, I can I, I see without any rehydration clauses and you know do the weight properly, I can see Garcia being you know strong and powerful now this time round, 140 pounds, and I think he makes a real statement in this fight and puts him away in the first six rounds and then gets on the mic and does his thing. You know, there's some big fights up there at 140 for him. Who's he calling out? The Devin Haney pro gray fight about to happen. Um, maybe he calls out the winner of that fight. He's a money, he's, he's, you know, he's the money man, Ryan Garcia. If you fight him, you're going to get a payday. So um, I can see Devin Haney. I won't give you the prediction on that uh, fight. We're going to do that next week. But I can see Devin Haney, the winner of that fight, Haney pro gray fighting Ryan Garcia next. I can see that definitely happening. Do you want him, do you want him Haney next? I'd like to see the Haney fight and I'd like to see Garcia win. Like, I like exciting fighters and Devin Haney for me as, you know, as good as he is, it's not for me that style, you know, it really isn't. I liked him when he, when he was working his way up. I liked the way he fought against Linares, you know, took risks, got caught with silly shots, took risks because he wanted to get him out of there. But when you see what he did against Cambosis in both of those fights, you know, he's capable of stinking the house out like that. I know, he don't give a shit. All he, all he wants to do is win, get the W and go home. But I feel like there are fighters today and in the past that really care more about what the fans think about their performance rather than, you know, just getting the W, which is what the likes of Shakur and Devin Haney do. You know, Floyd did it back end of his career, just quite boring to watch. You know what I mean? By the end of it, you just want him to get knocked out so you can watch more exciting fights. So for me, they, they have a fault. I'll, I'll, I'll be Team Garcia yeah. all, all day long. Um, yeah, I think he should dispose of this Duarte. I don't know a great deal about him, but um, yeah, from from the people I think I've no seen, one does, mate. I know the people I've seen that he's been fighting. Yeah, I think um, should be a knockout of some sort for Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and just quickly to finish, Gary Cully. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I thought he was, um, he won the fight, but he was very tentative, very tentative. And um, clearly, clearly the last fight has um, has put that in him and it's made him a little bit sheepish these days. And uh, Reese Mould, he's not a mega puncher. And for him to be sort of tentative with Reese Mould's punches, it makes me a bit worried for his future when he gets in there with the big boys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a decent performance, but um, he was, he was, yeah, he he was very scared of engaging and um, something needs to change. And it's it's kind of the old AJ effect, isn't it? It's, it's a mentality 
Do you know what I mean? You've got people like, I know we always refer to him, but Carl Frotch. But on top of that, old Tony Bellew, who's in the fucking jungle at the minute. You know what I mean? He, he had some, he had a, he had a bad knock at Tony Bellew, but it didn't stop him coming forward in the rest of his fights. And uh, Tyson Fury the same. So it's just a mentality that you got to get. Um, and um, yeah, I think uh, Gary Cully needs to work on that myself. What do you reckon? A couple of things. I think Reese Mould is no mug. <clears throat> you know, he's a decent domestic fighter. I think Gary Cully, I said it last week, I don't think the weight is right for him. I think he needs to go up. I think there's a little bit of that and there's a little bit of what you just said there, props. You know, he just needed the W at all costs. Do not lose this fight. You lose this fight, Matchroom could probably drop you and then, you know, you're fighting small halls for, the, you know, your career just dwindles out and goes goes nowhere. So whatever happened, he needed the W. So I don't hate on the fact that, you know, he kind of just stumbled over the line, so to speak. But um, I don't know if that weight's right for him. He's such a tall lad for the weight. So maybe if he goes up, a, you know, goes up a weight and the mentality thing, that's just going to take time. Maybe, maybe he needs to go over to Freddie Roach's gym and start spar sparring over the old wild card because they're like fights in there. And uh, just real heavy sparring or something just to get him used to it. He needs to go to the old doghouse, doesn't he? The Mayweather dark house. Yeah, the old doghouse sparring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know, but I like Gary Cully. I think he's um, the attributes he has at the lower weights. I think that's, they're not to be sneezed at. But yeah, when you get that referee, the one who didn't fucking stop it uh, on that fight when he lost the last fight, he could have a lot to do with... Um, what happens, you know, moving forward in Gary Cully's career. So, good luck to him. Hope, hope all girls goes well. But, yeah, we'll have to stick a pin in that one. Yep. So, there we are. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. We shall have another podcast for you next week. The Haney Pro Grey Week. Very interesting fights. And, um, yes, whatever else bubbles up in the old boxing world, we shall be on to it and bringing it to you and getting it coming in your ears. All over your fucking ears. Yes, <laughs> lovely jubbly. Um, hopefully, Ben Eubank next week. Hopefully, that's going to be announced. Oh, mate. It's, oh, it's fucking bubbling up, isn't it, guy? What are you saying? Yeah, mate. I, fucking, I can't wait, man. I know, like, forgetting all the politics, I fucking need it in my life. I don't give a fuck anymore. Um, so, yes, uh, hopefully um, that gets announced next week, and hopefully we'll be talking about that. So, lovely jubbly, sexy stuff. Right, thank you, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye.